This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 22. Read by Wed's Child. Book 22. Memories of President Lincoln. When Lilacs Last in the Dooryard Bloomed. 1. When lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed, and the great star early drooped in the western sky in the night, I mourned, and yet shall mourn with ever-returning spring. Ever-returning spring, trinity sure to me you bring, lilac-blooming perennial and drooping star in the west, and thought of him I love. 2. O powerful western fallen star, O shades of night, O moody tearful night, O great star disappeared, O the black murk that hides the star, O cruel hands that hold me powerless, O helpless soul of me, O harsh surrounding cloud that will not free my soul. 3. In the dooryard fronting the old farmhouse, near the whitewashed palings, stands a lilac bush, tall growing with heart-shaped leaves of rich green, with many pointed blossom rising delicate, with the perfume strong I love, with every leaf a miracle, and from this bush in the dooryard, with delicate colored blossoms and heart-shaped leaves of rich green, a sprig with its flower I break. 4. In the swamp and secluded recesses a shy and hidden bird is warbling a song. Solitary the thrush, the hermit withdrawn to himself, avoiding the settlements, sings by himself a song. Song of the bleeding throat, death's outlet song of life, for well, dear brother, I know, if thou wast not granted to sing, thou wouldst surely die. 5. Over the breast of the spring, the land, amid cities, amid lanes and through old woods, where lately the violets peeped from the ground, spotting the gray debris, amid the grass in the fields each side of the lanes, passing the endless grass, passing the yellow-speared wheat, every grain from its shroud in the dark brown fields uprisen, passing the apple-tree blows of the white and pink in the orchards, carrying a corpse to where it shall rest in the grave, night and day journeys a coffin. 6. Coffin that passes through lanes and streets, through day and night, with the great cloud darkening the land, with pomp of the inlooped flags that with the cities draped in black, with the show of the states themselves as of creped-veiled women standing, with processions long and winding and flambeaux of the night, with the countless torches lit and the silent sea of faces and the unbared heads, with the waiting depot, the arriving coffin and the somber faces, with the dirges that through the night, with a thousand voices rising strong and solemn, with all the mournful voices of the dirges poured round the coffin, the dim-lit churches and the shuddering organs, where amid these you journey, with the tolling tolling of the bell's perpetual clang, here, coffin that slowly passes, I give you my sprig of lilac. 7. Nor for you, for one alone, blossoms and branches green to coffins all I bring, for fresh is the morning, thus would I chant a song for you, O sane and sacred death. All over bouquets of roses, O death, I cover you over with roses and early lilies. But mostly, and now, the lilac that blooms in the first, copious I break. I break the sprigs from the bushes. With loaded arms I come, pouring for you, for you and for the coffins of all you, death. 8. O western orb sailing the heaven! Now I know what you must have meant as a month since I walked. As I walked in silence, the transparent shadowy night, as I saw you had something to tell as you bent 
to me night after night, as you drooped from the sky so low down as if to my side, while the other stars all looked on, as we wandered together the solemn night, for something I know not what kept me from sleep, as the night advanced I saw on the rim of the west how full you were of woe, as I stood on the rising ground in the breeze in the cold transparent night, as I watched where you passed and was lost in the netherward black of the night, as my soul in its trouble dissatisfied sank, where you sad orb concluded dropped in the night and was gone. 9. Sing on there in the swamp, O singer bashful and tender. I hear your notes, I hear your call. I hear, I come presently, I understand you. But a moment I linger, for the lustrous star has detained me. The star my departing comrade holds and detains me. 10. Oh, how shall I warble myself for the dead one there I loved? And how shall I deck my song for the large sweet soul that has gone? And what shall my perfume be for the grave of him I love? Sea winds blown from east to west, Blown from the eastern sea and blown from the western sea, Till there on the prairies meeting, These and with these and the breath of my chant I'll perfume the grave of him I love. 11. O oh, what shall I hang on the chamber walls, And what shall the pictures be that I hang on the walls To adorn the burial house of him I love? Pictures of growing spring and farms and homes, With the fourth month eve at sundown And the gray smoke lucid and bright, with the floods of yellow gold of the gorgeous indolent sinking sun burning expanding the air with the fresh sweet herbage underfoot and the pale green leaves of the trees prolific in the distance the flowing glaze the breast of the river with a wind dapple here and there with ranging hills on the banks with many a line against the sky in shadows and the city at hand with dwellings so dense and stacks of chimneys and all the scenes of life and the workshops and the workmen homeward returning Twelve. Lo, body and soul, this land, my own Manhattan with spires, and the sparkling and hurrying tides in the ships, the varied and ample land, the south and the north in the light, Ohio's shores and flashing Missouri, and ever the far-spreading prairies covered with grass and corn. Lo, the most excellent sun, so calm and haughty, the violet and purple morn with just-felt breezes, the gentle soft-born measureless light, the miracle-spreading bathing all, the fulfilled noon, the coming eve delicious, and the welcome night and the stars, over my city's shining all, enveloping man and land. 13. Sing on, sing on, you grey-brown bird. Sing from the swamps, the recesses, pour your chant from the bushes, limitless out of the dusk, out of the cedars and pines. Sing on, dearest brother, warble your reedy song, loud and human song, with voice of uttermost woe. O liquid and free and tender, O wild and loose to my soul, O wondrous singer! You only I hear, yet the star holds me, but will soon depart. Yet the lilac with mastering odor holds me. 14. Now while I sat in the day and looked forth, in the close of the day with its light and the fields of spring, and the farmers preparing their crops, in the large unconscious scenery of my land with its lakes and forests, in the heavenly aerial beauty, after the perturbed winds and the storms, under the arching heavens of the afternoon swift passing, and the voices of children and women, the many moving sea-tides, and I saw the ships how they sailed, and the summer approaching with richness, and the fields all busy with labor, and the infinite separate houses how they all went on, each with its meals and minutia of daily usages, 
and the streets how their throbbings throbbed, and the cities pent, lo, then and there, falling upon them and among them, enveloping me with the rest, appeared the cloud, appeared the long black trail, and I knew death, its thought, and the sacred knowledge of death. Then, with the knowledge of death as walking one side of me, and the thought of death close waking on the other side of me, and I in the middle as with companions, and as holding the hands of companions, I fled forth to the hiding receiving night that talks not, down to the shores of the water, the paths by the swamp and the dimness, to the solemnly shadowy cedars and the ghostly pines so still. And the singer so shy to the rest received me, the grey-brown bird I know received us comrades three, and he sang the carol of death, and a verse for him I love. From deep secluded recesses, from the fragrant cedars and the ghostly pines so still, came the carol of the bird, and the charm of that carol wrapped me, as I held as if by their hands my comrades in the night, and the voice of my spirit tallied the song of the bird. Come, lovely and soothing death, undulate round the world, serenely arriving, arriving, in the day and the night, to all, to each, sooner or later delicate death. Praised be the fathomless universe, for life and joy, and for objects and knowledge curious, and for love, sweet love, but praise, 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 for the sure and winding arms of cool and folding death. Dark mother always gliding near with soft feet, have none chanted for thee a chant of fullest welcome? Then I chanted for thee, I glorify thee above all, I bring thee a song that when thou must indeed come, come unfalteringly. Approach strong deliverous, when it is so, when thou hast taken them, I joyously sing the dead, lost in the loving floating ocean of thee, laved in the flood of thy bliss, O death. From me to thee glad serenades, dances for thee I propose, saluting thee, adornments and fastings for thee, and the sights of the open landscape and the high spread shy are fitting, and life in the fields and the huge and thoughtful night. The night in silence under many a star, the ocean shore and the husky whispering wave whose voice I know, and the soul turning to thee, O vast and well-veiled death, and the body gratefully nestling close to thee. Over the tree-tops I float thee a song, over the rising and sinking waves, over the myriad fields and the prairies wide, over the dense-packed cities all and the teeming wharves and ways, I float this carol with joy, with joy to thee, O death. 15. To the tally of my soul, loud and strong, kept up the grey-brown bird, with pure deliberate notes spreading, filling the night. Loud in the pines and cedars dim, clear in the freshness moist in the swamp perfume, and I with my comrades there in the night. While my sight that was bound and my eyes unclosed, as to long panoramas of visions. And I saw askant the armies, I saw as in noiseless dreams hundreds of battle-flags. Born through the smoke of the battles, and pierced with missiles I saw them, and carried hither and yon through the smoke, and torn and bloody, and at last but a few shreds left on the staffs, and all in silence, and the staffs all splintered and broken. I saw battle-corpses, myriads of them, and the white skeletons of young men. I saw them, I saw the debris and debris of all the slain soldiers of war, but I saw they were not as was thought. They themselves were fully at rest, they suffered not. The living remained and suffered, the mother suffered, and the wife and the child and the musing comrades suffered, and the armies that remained suffered. 16. Passing the visions, passing the night, Passing, unloosing the hold of my comrades' hands, 
passing the song of the hermit bird and the tallying song of my soul, victorious song, death's outlet song, yet varying, ever-altering song, as low and wailing, yet clear the notes, rising and falling, flooding the night, sadly sinking and fainting, as warning and warning, and yet bursting with joy, covered the earth and filling the spread of the heavens, as that powerful psalm in the night I heard from the recesses, Passing, I leave thee lilac with the heart-shaped leaves. I leave thee there in the dooryard, blooming, returning with spring. I cease from my song for thee, from my gaze on thee in the west, fronting the west, communing with thee, O comrade lustrous with silver face in the night. Yet each to keep in all retrievements out of the night, the song, the wondrous chant of the grey-brown bird, and the tallying chant, the echo aroused in my soul with the lustrous and drooping star, with the countenance full of woe, with the holders holding my hands, nearing the call of the bird, comrades mine and I in the midst, and their memory ever to keep, for the dead I loved so well, for the sweetest, wisest soul of all my days and lands, and this for his dear sake, lilac and star and bird twined with the chant of my soul, there in the fragrance pines and cedars dusk and dim. O CAPTAIN, MY CAPTAIN! O CAPTAIN, MY CAPTAIN, OUR FEARFUL TRIP IS DONE. THE SHIP HAS WEATHERED EVERY RACK, THE PRIZE WE SOUGHT IS WON. THE PORT IS NEAR, THE BELLS I HEAR, THE PEOPLE ALL EXULTING, WHILE FOLLOWING EYES THE STEADY KEEL, THE VESSEL GRIM AND DARING. BUT O HEART, 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 O BLEEDING DROPS OF RED, WHERE ON THE DECK MY CAPTAIN LIES, FALLEN COLD AND DEAD. O CAPTAIN, MY CAPTAIN, RISE UP AND HEAR THE BELLS, Rise up for you, the flag is flung, for you the bugle trills, For you bouquets and ribboned wreaths, for you shores are crowding, For you they call the swaying mass, their eager faces turning. Here, Captain, dear father, this arm beneath your head, It is some dream that on the deck you've fallen cold and dead. My captain does not answer, his lips are pale and still, My father does not feel my arm, he has no pulse nor will. The ship is anchored safe and sound, its voyage closed and done, from fearful trip the victor ship comes with object won. Exult, O shores, and ring the bells, but I with mournful tread walk the deck my captain lies, fallen cold and dead. Hushed be the camps to-day, May 4, 1865. Hushed be the camps to-day, and soldiers let us drape our war-worn weapons, and each with musing soul retire to celebrate our dear commander's death. No more for him life's stormy conflicts, nor victory, nor defeat. No more time's dark events, charging like ceaseless clouds across the sky. But sing, poet, in our name. Sing of the love we bore him, because you, dweller in camps, know it truly. As they invault the coffin here, sing, as they close the doors of earth upon him, one verse, for the heavy hearts of soldiers. This dust was once the man. This dust was once the man, gentle, plain, just, and resolute, under whose cautious hand, against the foulest crime in history, known in any land or age, was saved the union of these states. End Book 22 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Annie Coleman in St. Louis, Missouri, in February 2006. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman Book 23 By Blue Ontario's Shore 
By blue Ontario's shore, as I mused of these warlike days, and of peace returned, and the dead that return no more, a phantom gigantic superb, with stern visage, accosted me. Chant me the poem, it said, that comes from the soul of America. Chant me the carol of victory, and strike up the marches of Libertad, marches more powerful yet, and sing me before you go the song of the throes of democracy. Democracy, the destined conqueror, yet treacherous lip-smiles everywhere, and death and infidelity at every step. 2. A NATION ANNOUNCING ITSELF I myself make the only growth by which I can be appreciated. I reject none, except all, then reproduce all in my own forms. A breed whose proof is in time and deeds, what we are, we are. Nativity is answer enough to objections. We wield ourselves as a weapon is wielded. We are powerful and tremendous in ourselves. We are executive in ourselves. We are sufficient in the variety of ourselves. We are the most beautiful to ourselves and in ourselves. We stand, self-poised in the middle, branching thence over the world, from Missouri, Nebraska, or Kansas, laughing attacks to scorn. Nothing is sinful to us outside of ourselves. Whatever appears, whatever does not appear, we are beautiful or sinful in ourselves only. O oh, mother, O oh, sisters dear, if we are lost, no victor else has destroyed us. It is by ourselves we go down to eternal night. 3. Have you thought there could be but a single supreme? There can be any number of supremes. One does not countervail another any more than one eyesight countervails another, or one life countervails another. All is eligible to all. All is for individuals. All is for you. No condition is prohibited, not God's or any. All comes by the body. Only health puts you rapport with the universe. Produce great persons. The rest follows. 4. Piety and conformity to them that like, peace, obesity, allegiance to them that like. I am he who tauntingly compels men, women, nations, crying, leap from your seats and contend for your lives. I am he who walks the states with a barbed tongue, questioning every one I meet. Who are you that wanted only to be told what you knew before? Who are you that wanted only a book to join you in your nonsense? With pangs and cries as thine own, O bearer of many children, these clamors, wild, to a race of pride I give. O lands, would you be freer than all that has ever been before? If you would be freer than all that has been before, come listen to me. Fear grace, elegance, Civilization, delicatesse, fear the mellow sweet, 
the sucking of honey-juice. Beware the advancing mortal ripening of nature. Beware what precedes the decay of the ruggedness of states and men. 5. Ages, precedents have long been accumulating undirected materials. America brings builders and brings its own styles. The immortal poets of Asia and Europe have done their work and passed to other spheres. A work remains, the work of surpassing all they have done. America, curious toward foreign characters, stands by its own at all hazards. Stands removed, spacious, composite, sound, initiates the true use of precedence, does not repel them or the past or what they have produced under their forms, takes the lessons with calmness, perceives the corpse slowly born from the house, perceives that it waits a little while in the door, that it was fittest for its days, that its life has descended to the stalwart and well-shaped heir who approaches, and that he shall be fittest for his days. Any period one nation must lead, one land must be the promise and reliance of the future. These states are the amplest poem. Here is not merely a nation, but a teeming nation of nations. Here the doings of men correspond with the broadcast doings of the day and night. Here is what moves in magnificent masses, careless of particulars. Here are the roughs, beards, friendliness, combativeness, the soul loves. Here the flowing trains, here the crowds, equality, diversity, the soul loves. 6. Land of lands and bards to corroborate. Of them standing among them one lifts to the light a west-bred face. To him the hereditary countenance bequeathed both mothers and fathers, his first part substances, earth, water, animals, trees, built of the common stock, having room for far and near, used to dispense with other lands, incarnating this land, attracting it body and soul to himself, hanging on its neck with incomparable love, plunging his seminal muscle into its merits and demerits, making its cities, beginnings, events, diversities, wars, vocal in him, making its rivers, lakes, bays, embouchure in him, Mississippi, with yearly freshets and changing shoots, Columbia, Niagara, Hudson, spending themselves lovingly in him. If the Atlantic coast stretch, or the Pacific coast stretch, he stretching with them north or south, spanning between them east and west, and touching whatever is between them. Growths growing from him to offset the growths of pine, cedar, hemlock, Live oak, locust, chestnut, hickory, cottonwood, orange, magnolia, tangles as tangled in him as any cane brake or swamp. He likening sides and peaks of mountains, forests coated with northern transparent ice. 
Off him pasturage sweet and natural as savannah, Upland prairie, Through him flights, whirls, screams, Answering those of the fish-hawk, Mocking-bird, night-heron, and eagle, His spirit surrounding his country spirit, Unclosed to good and evil, Surrounding the essences of real things, Old times and present times, Surrounding just-found shores, islands, Tribes of red aborigines, Weather-beaten vessels, landings, settlements, Embryo stature and muscle, The haughty defiance of the year one, War, peace, the formation of the Constitution, The separate states, the simple elastic scheme, The immigrants, the union always swarming with blatherers, and always sure and impregnable. The unsurveyed interior, log-houses, clearings, wild animals, hunters, trappers, surrounding the multiform agriculture, mines, temperature, the gestation of new states, Congress convening every twelfth month, the members duly coming up from the uppermost parts, Surrounding the noble character of mechanics and farmers, especially the young men. Responding their manners, speech, dress, friendships, the gait they have of persons who never knew how it felt to stand in the presence of superiors. The freshness and candor of their physiognomy, the copiousness and decision of their phrenology, the picturesque looseness of their carriage, their fierceness when wronged. The fluency of their speech, their delight in music, their curiosity, good temper and open-handedness, the whole composite make, the prevailing ardor and enterprise, the large amativeness, the perfect equality of the female with the male, the fluid movement of the population, the superior marine, free commerce, fisheries, whaling, gold-digging, Wharf-hemmed cities, railroad and steamboat lines intersecting all points, factories, mercantile life, labor-saving machinery, the northeast, northwest, southwest, Manhattan firemen, the Yankee swamp, southern plantation life, slavery, the murderous, treacherous conspiracy, to raise it upon the ruins of all the rest. On and on to the grapple with it. Assassin. Then your life or ours be the stake, and respite no more. 7. Lo, high toward heaven this day, Libertad from the conqueror's field returned. I mark the new aureola around your head, No more of soft astral, but dazzling and fierce. With war's flames and the lambent lightnings playing, And your port immovable where you stand, With still the inextinguishable glance, And the clinched and lifted fist, And your foot on the neck of the menacing one, The scorner utterly crushed beneath you, The menacing arrogant one that strode, And advanced with his senseless scorn, Bearing the murderous knife, The wide-swelling one, 
the braggart that would yesterday do so much, today a carrion dead and damned, the despised of all the earth, an awful rank to the dunghill maggots spurned. Eight. Others take finish, but the republic is ever constructive, and ever keeps vista. Others adorn the past, but you, O oh days of the present, I adorn you. O oh days of the future, I believe in you. I isolate myself for your sake. O oh America, because you build for mankind, I build for you. O oh well-beloved stone-cutters, I lead them who plan with decision and science. Lead the present with friendly hand toward the future. Bravas to all impulses sending sane children to the next age. But damn that which spends itself with no thought of the stain, pains, dismay, feebleness, it is bequeathing. 9. I listened to the phantom by Ontario's shore. I heard the voice arising, demanding bards. By them all native and grand, by them alone can these states be fused into the compact organism of a nation. To hold men together by paper and seal, or by compulsion, is no account. That only holds men together which aggregates all in a living principle, as the hold of the limbs of the body, or the fibers of plants. Of all races and eras, these states, with veins full of poetical stuff, most need poets, and are to have the greatest, and use them the greatest. Their precedents shall not be their common referee so much as their poets shall. Soul of love and tongue of fire, I to pierce the deepest deeps and sweep the world. Ah, mother, prolific and full in all besides, yet how long barren, barren. 10. Of these states the poet is the equable man. Not in him, but off from him, things are grotesque, eccentric, fail of their full returns. Nothing out of its place is good, nothing in its place is bad. He bestows on every object or quality its fit proportion, neither more nor less. He is the arbiter of the diverse, he is the key. He is the equalizer of his age and land. He supplies what wants supplying. He checks what wants checking. In peace out of him speaks the spirit of peace, large, rich, thrifty, building populous towns, encouraging agriculture, arts, commerce, lighting the study of man, the soul, health, immortality, government, in war, he is the best backer of the war. He fetches artillery as good as the engineers. He can make every word he speaks draw blood. The years straying toward infidelity, he withholds by his steady faith. He is no arguer. He is judgment. Nature accepts him absolutely. He judges not as the judge judges, but as the sun, failing round helpless thing. As he sees the farthest, he has the most faith. 
His thoughts are the hymns of the praise of things. In the dispute on God and eternity he is silent. He sees eternity less like a play with a prologue in denouement. He sees eternity and men and women. He does not see men and women as dreams or dots. For the great idea, the idea of perfect and free individuals, for that the bard walks in advance, leader of leaders. The attitude of him cheers up slaves and horrifies foreign despots. Without extinction is liberty, without retrograde is equality. They live in the feelings of young men and the best women. Not for nothing have the indomitable heads of the earth been always ready to fall for liberty. 11. For the great idea. That, O oh my brethren, that is the mission of poets. Songs of stern defiance ever ready. Songs of the rapid arming and the march. The flag of peace quick folded, and instead the flag we know. Warlike flag of the great idea. Angry cloth I saw there leaping. I stand again in leaden rain, your flapping folds saluting. I sing you over all, flying beckoning through the fight. Oh, the hard-contested fight! The cannons ope their rosy flashing muzzles. The hurtled balls scream. The battle-front forms amid the smoke. The volleys pour incessant from the line. Hark! The ringing word charge. Now the tussle and the furious, maddening yells. Now the corpses tumble, curled upon the ground. Cold! Cold in death, for precious life of you, angry cloth I saw there leaping. 12. Are you he who would assume a place to teach, or be a poet here in the States? The place is august, the terms obdurate. Who would assume to teach here may well prepare himself body and mind. He may well survey ponder, arm, fortify, harden, make lithe himself. He shall surely be questioned beforehand by me with many and stern questions. Who are you indeed, who should talk or sing to America? Have you studied out the land, its idioms and men? Have you learned the physiology, phrenology, politics, geography, pride, freedom, friendship of the land, its substratums and objects? Have you considered the organic compact of the first day of the first year of independence, signed by the commissioners, ratified by the states, and read by Washington at the head of the army? Have you possessed yourself of the federal constitution? Do you see who have left all feudal processes and poems behind them, and assume the poems and processes of democracy? Are you faithful to things? Do you teach what the land and sea, the bodies of men, womanhood, amativeness, heroic angers teach? Have you sped through fleeting customs, popularities? Can you hold your hand against all seductions, follies, whirls, fierce contentions? Are you very strong? 
Are you really of the whole people? Are you not of some coterie, some school or mere religion? Are you done with reviews and criticisms of life, animating now to life itself? Have you vivified yourself from the maternity of these states? Have you, too, the old, ever-fresh forbearance and impartiality? Do you hold the like love for those hardening to maturity, for the last-born, little and big, and for the errant? What is this you bring, my America? Is it uniform with my country? Is it not something that has been better told or done before? Have you not imported this or the spirit of it in some ship? Is it not a mere tale, a rhyme, a prettiness? Is the good old cause in it? Has it not dangled long at the heels of poets, politicians, literats, of enemies' lands? Does it not assume that what is notoriously gone is still here? Does it answer universal needs? Will it improve manners? Does it sound with trumpet voice the proud victory of the Union in that secession war? Can your performance face the open fields and the seaside? Will it absorb into me as I absorb food, air, to appear again in my strength, gait, face? Have real employments contributed to it? Original makers, not mere amanuenses? Does it meet modern discoveries, calibers, facts, face to face? What does it mean to American persons, progresses, cities, Chicago, Canada, Arkansas? Does it see behind the apparent custodians, the real custodians, standing, menacing silent, the mechanics, Manhattanese, Western men, Southerners, significant alike in their apathy and in the promptness of their love? Does it see what finally befalls, and has always finally befallen, each temporizer, patcher, outsider, partialist, alarmist, infidel, who has ever asked anything of America? What mocking and scornful negligence! The track strewed with the dust of skeletons, by the roadside others disdainfully tossed. 13. Rhymes and rhymers pass away, Poems distilled from poems pass away. The swarms of reflectors and the polite pass and leave ashes. Admirers, importers, obedient persons, make but the soil of literature. America justifies itself. Give it time. No disguise can deceive it or conceal from it. It is impassive enough. Only toward the likes of itself will it advance to meet them. If its poets appear, it will in due time advance to meet them. There is no fear of mistake. The proof of a poet shall be sternly deferred till his country absorbs him as affectionately as he has absorbed it. He masters whose spirit masters. He tastes sweetest who results sweetest in the long run. The blood of the brawn beloved of time is unconstraint. In the need of songs, philosophy, an appropriate native grand opera, shipcraft, any craft, he or she is greatest who contributes the greatest original practical example, already a nonchalant breed, 
silently emerging, appears on the streets. People's lips salute only doers, lovers, satisfiers, positive knowers. There will shortly be no more priests. I say their work is done. Death is without emergencies here, but life is perpetual emergencies here. Are your body, days, manners, superb? After death you shall be superb. Justice, health, self-esteem clear the way with irresistible power. How dare you place anything before a man? 14. Fall behind me, states. A man before all. Myself. Typical. Before all. Give me the pay I have served for. Give me to sing the songs of the great idea. Take all the rest. I have loved the earth, sun, animals. I have despised riches. I have given aims to everyone that asked, stood up for the stupid and crazy, devoted my income and labor to others, hated tyrants, argued not concerning God, had patience and indulgence toward the people, taken off my hat to nothing known or unknown, gone freely with powerful uneducated persons, and with the young, and with the mothers of families. Read these leaves to myself in the open air, tried them by trees, stars, rivers, dismissed whatever insulted my own soul, or defiled my body, claimed nothing to myself which I have not carefully claimed for others on the same terms, sped to the camps, and comrades found and accepted from every state, Upon this breast has many a dying soldier leaned to breathe his last. This arm, this hand, this voice have nourished, raised, restored to life, recalling many a prostrate form. I am willing to wait to be understood by the growth of the taste of myself, rejecting none, permitting all. Say, O mother, have I not to your thought been faithful? Have I not through life kept you and yours before me? 15. I swear I begin to see the meaning of these things. It is not the earth, it is not America who is great. It is I who am great, or to be great. It is you, up there, or any one. It is to walk rapidly through civilizations, governments, theories— through poems, pageants, shows, to form individuals. Underneath all, individuals. I swear nothing is good to me now that ignores individuals. The American compact is altogether with individuals. The only government is that which makes minute of individuals. The whole theory of the universe is directed unerringly to one single individual, namely to you. Mother, with subtle sense severe, with a naked sword in your hand, I saw you at last refuse to treat, but directly with individuals. 16. Underneath all, nativity. I swear I will stand by my own nativity, pious or impious, so be it. I swear I am charmed with nothing except nativity. Men, women, cities, nations, 
are only beautiful from nativity. Underneath all is the expression of love for men and women. I swear I have seen enough of mean and impotent modes of expressing love for men and women. After this day I take my own modes of expressing love for men and women. In myself. I swear I will have each quality of my race in myself. Talk as you like. He only suits these states whose manners favor the audacity and sublime turbulence of the states. Underneath the lessons of things, spirits, nature, governments, ownerships, I swear I perceive other lessons. Underneath all to me is myself, to you yourself, the same monotonous old song. 17. Oh, I see flashing that this America is only you and me. Its power, weapons, testimony are you and me. Its crimes, lies, thefts, defections are you and me. Its Congress is you and me. The officers, capitals, armies, ships are you and me. Its endless gestations of new states are you and me. The war, that war so bloody and grim, the war I will henceforth forget, was you and me. Natural and artificial are you and me. Freedom, language, poems, employments are you and me. Past, present, future are you and me. I dare not shirk any part of myself, not any part of America, good or bad, not to build for that which builds for mankind, not to balance ranks, complexions, creeds, and the sexes, not to justify science nor the march of equality, nor to feed the arrogant blood of the brawn beloved of time. I am for those that have never been mastered, for men and women whose tempers have never been mastered, for those whom laws, theories, conventions can never master. I am for those who walk abreast with the whole earth, who inaugurate one to inaugurate all. I will not be outfaced by irrational things. I will penetrate what is in them that is sarcastic upon me. I will make cities and civilizations defer to me. This is what I have learnt from America. It is the amount, and it I teach again. Democracy, while weapons were everywhere aimed at your breast, I saw you serenely give forth to immortal children, saw in dreams your dilating form, saw you with spreading mantle covering the world. 18. I will confront these shows of the day and night. I will know if I am to be less than they. I will see if I am not as majestic as they. I will see if I am not as subtle and real as they. I will see if I am to be less generous than they. I will see if I have no meaning, while the houses and ships have meaning. I will see if the fishes and birds are to be enough for themselves and I am not to be enough for myself. I match my spirit against yours, you orbs, growths, mountains, brutes. Copious as you are, I absorb you all in myself, and become the master myself. 
America isolated, yet embodying all. What is it finally except myself? These states, what are they except myself? I know now why the earth is gross, tantalizing, wicked. It is for my sake. I take you specially to be mine, you terrible rude forms. Mother, bend down, bend close to me your face. I know not what these plots and wars and deferments are for. I know not fruition's success, but I know that through war and crime your work goes on, and must yet go on. 19. Thus, by blue Ontario's shore, while the winds fanned me and the waves came trooping through me, I thrilled with the power's pulsations, and the charm of my theme was upon me, till the tissues that held me parted their ties upon me, and I saw the free souls of poets, the loftiest bards of past ages strode before me, strange large men, long unwaked, undisclosed, were disclosed to me. 20. Of my rapt verse, my call, mock me not, not for the bards of the past, not to invoke them have I launched you forth, not to call even those lofty bards here by Ontario's shores have I sung so capricious and loud my savage song. Bards from my own land only I invoke, for the war, the war is over, the field is cleared. Till they strike up marches henceforth triumphant and onward, to cheer, O oh mother, your boundless expectant soul. Bards of the great idea, bards of the peaceful inventions, for the war, the war is over. Get bards of latent armies, a million soldiers waiting ever ready, bards with songs as from burning coals or the lightning's forked stripes. Ample Ohio's, Canada's bards, bards of California, inland bards, bards of the war. You, by my charm, I invoke. Reversals Let that which stood in front go behind. Let that which was behind advance to the front. Let bigots, fools, unclean persons offer new propositions. Let the old propositions be postponed. Let a man seek pleasure everywhere except in himself. Let a woman seek happiness everywhere except in herself. End of Book 23 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Annie Coleman in St. Louis, Missouri, in January 2006. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 24 Autumn Rivulets, Part 1 As Consequent, Etc. As Consequent, from store of summer rains, or wayward rivulets in autumn flowing, 
or many a herb-lined brook's reticulations, or subterranean sea-brills making for the sea, songs of continued years I sing. Life's ever-modern rapids first, soon, soon to blend with the old streams of death, some threading Ohio's farm-fields or the woods, some down Colorado's canyons from sources of perpetual snow, some half-hid in Oregon, or away southward in Texas, some in the north finding their way to Erie, Niagara, Ottawa, some to Atlantica's bays, and so to the great salt brine. In you, whoever you are, my book perusing, in I myself, in all the world, these currents flowing, all, all toward the mystic ocean tending, currents for starting a continent new, overture sent to the solid, out of the liquid, fusion of ocean and land, tender and pensive waves, not safe and peaceful only, Waves roused and ominous, too. Out of the depths of the storm's abysmic waves, Who knows whence? Raging over the vast, With many a broken spar and tattered sail. Or, from the sea of time, Collecting, vasting all, I bring a windrow drift of weeds and shells. O oh, little shells, so curious convolute, so limpid, cold, and voiceless, Will you not, little shells, To the tympans of temples held, Murmurs and echoes still call up, Eternity's music faint and far, Wafted inland, Sent from Atlantica's rim, Strains for the soul of the prairies, Whispered reverberations, Chords for the ear of the west, Joyously sounding, your tidings old, yet ever new and untranslatable, infinitesimals out of my life and many a life, for not my life and yours alone I give, all, all I give. These waifs from the deep, cast high and dry, washed on America's shores. THE RETURN OF THE HEROES 1. For the lands, and for these passionate days, and for myself, now I awhile retire to thee, O soil of autumn fields, reclining on thy breast, giving myself to thee, answering the pulses of thy sane and equable heart, turning a verse for thee. O earth that hast no voice, confide to me a voice. O harvest of my lands, O boundless summer growths, O lavish brown parturient earth, O infinite teeming womb, a song to narrate thee. 2. Ever upon this stage, is acted God's calm annual drama. Gorgeous processions, songs of birds, 
Sunrise, that fullest feeds and freshens most the soul. The heaving sea, the waves upon the shore, the musical, strong waves. The woods, the stalwart trees, the slender, tapering trees, the lilliput, countless armies of the grass, the heat, the showers, the measureless pasturages, the scenery of the snows, the wind's free orchestra, the stretching light-hung roof of clouds, the clear cerulean and the silvery fringes, the high dilating stars, the placid beckoning stars, the moving flocks and herds, the plains and emerald meadows, the shows of all the varied lands and all the growths, and products. 3. Fecund America, today, thou art all overset in births and joys. Thou groanst with riches, thy wealth clothes thee as a swathing garment. Thou laughest loud with ache of great possessions. A myriad twining life, like interlacing vines, Binds all thy vast domain. As some huge ship freighted to water's edge, Thou ridest into port. As rain falls from the heaven and vapors rise from earth, So have the precious values fallen upon thee, And risen out of thee. Thou envy of the globe, thou miracle, Thou, bathed, choked, swimming in plenty, Thou lucky mistress of the tranquil barns, Thou prairie dame that sittest in the middle, And lookest out upon thy world, And lookest east, and lookest west, Dispensatress, that by a word Givest a thousand miles, a million farms, And missest nothing. Thou all acceptress, thou hospitable, Thou only art hospitable, as God is hospitable. 4. When late I sang, sad was my voice, Sad were the shows around me, With deafening noises of hatred and smoke of war. In the midst of the conflict, the heroes, I stood, Or passed with slow step through the wounded and dying. But now I sing not of war, nor the measured march of soldiers, nor the tents of camps, nor the regiments hastily coming up, deploying in line of battle. No more the sad, unnatural shows of war. Asked room, those flushed immortal ranks, the first forth-stepping armies? Ask room, alas, the ghastly ranks, the armies dread that followed. Pass, pass, ye proud brigades, with your tramping, sinewy legs, with your shoulders young and strong, with your knapsacks and your muskets. How elate I stood and watched you, where starting off you marched. Pass, then rattle drums again, for an army heaves in sight. Oh, another gathering army, swarming, Trailing on the rear, O oh, you dread accruing army, 
Oh, you regiments, so piteous, with your mortal diarrhea, with your fever. Oh, my land's maimed darlings, with the plenteous bloody bandage and the crutch. Lo, your pallid army follows. 5. But on these days of brightness, on the far-stretching beauteous landscape, the roads and lanes, the high-piled farm wagons, and the fruits and barns, should the dead intrude? Ah, the dead to me mar not. They fit well in nature. They fit very well in the landscape under the trees and grass, and along the edge of the sky, in the horizon's far margin. Nor do I forget you, departed, nor in winter or summer my lost ones, but most in the open air as now when my soul is rapt and at peace, like pleasing phantoms, your memories rising glide silently by me. 6. I saw the day the return of the heroes, yet the heroes never surpassed shall never return. Them that day I saw not. I saw the interminable corps. I saw the processions of armies. I saw them approaching, defiling by with divisions, streaming northward, their work done, camping awhile in clusters of mighty camps. No holiday soldiers, youthful yet veterans, worn, swart, handsome, strong, of the stock of homestead and workshop, hardened of many a long campaign and sweaty march, inured on many a hard-fought bloody field. A pause, the armies wait, a million flushed embattled conquerors wait, the world too waits, then soft as breaking night and sure as dawn, they melt, they disappear. Exult, O lands, victorious lands! Not there your victory on those red shuddering fields, But here, and hence your victory. Melt, melt away, ye armies, Disperse, ye blue-clad soldiers, Resolve ye back again, Give up for good your deadly arms, other the arms the fields henceforth for you, or south or north, with saner wars, sweet wars, life-giving wars. 7. Loud, O my throat, and clear, O soul, the season of thanks and the voice of full yielding, the chant of joy and power for boundless fertility. All tilled and untilled fields expand before me. I see the true arenas of my race, Or first, or last, man's innocent and strong arenas. I see the heroes at other toils. I see well wielded in their hands the better weapons. I see where the mother of all, with full spanning eye, gazes forth, dwells long, and counts the varied gathering of the products. Busy the far, the sunlit panorama, 
prairie, orchard, and yellow grain of the north, cotton and rice of the south, and Louisiana and cane, open unseated fallows, rich fields of clover and timothy, kine and horses feeding, and droves of sheep and swine, and many a stately river flowing, and many a jocund brook, and healthy uplands with herby perfumed breezes, and the good green grass, that delicate miracle, the ever-recurring grass. Eight. Toil on, heroes, harvest the products, not alone on those warlike fields, the mother of all, with dilated form and lambent eyes, watched you. Toil on, heroes, toil well, handle the weapons well. The mother of all, yet here as ever she watches you. Well-pleased America, thou beholdest, over the fields of the west those crawling monsters, the human divine inventions, the labor-saving implements, beholdest, moving in every direction, imbued, as with life, the revolving hay-rakes, the steam-power reaping-machines, and the horse-power machines, the engines, thrashers of grain and cleaners of grain, well separating the straw, the nimble work of the patent pitchfork. Beholdest the newer saw-mill, the southern cotton-gin, and the rice-cleanser. Beneath thy look, O maternal, with these and else, and with their own strong hands, the heroes harvest. All gather and all harvest. Yet, but for thee, O powerful, not a scythe might swing as now in security. Not a maize stalk dangle, as now its silken tassels in peace. Under thee only they harvest, even but a wisp of hay under thy great face only. Harvest the wheat of Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, every barbed spear under thee. Harvest the maize of Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, each ear in its light green sheath. Gather the hay to its myriad mows in the odorous tranquil barns. Oats to their bins, the white potato, the buckwheat of Michigan to theirs. Gather the cotton in Mississippi or Alabama. Dig and hoard the golden, the sweet potato of Georgia and the Carolinas. Clip the wool of California or Pennsylvania. Cut the flax in the middle states, or hemp or tobacco in the borders. Pick the pea and the bean, or pull apples from the trees, or bunches of grapes from the vines, or aught that ripens in all these states, or north or south, under the beaming sun and under thee. There was a child went forth. There was a child went forth every day, and the first object he looked upon, that object he became. 
and that object became part of him for the day, or a certain part of the day, or for many years, or stretching cycles of years. The early lilacs became part of this child, and grass and white and red morning glories, and white and red clover, and the song of the Phoebe bird, and the third-month lambs, and the sow's pink faint litter, and the mare's foal, and the cow's calf, and the noisy brood of the barnyard, or by the mire of the pond-side, and the fish suspending themselves so curiously below there, and the beautiful, curious liquid, and the water-plants with their graceful flat heads, all become part of him. The field-sprouts of fourth-month and fifth-month become part of him. Winter-grain sprouts and those of the light yellow corn and the esculent roots of the garden, and the apple-trees covered with blossoms, and the fruit afterward, and wood-berries, and the commonest weeds by the road. And the old drunkard, staggering home from the outhouse of the tavern, whence he had lately risen, and the schoolmistress that passed on her way to the school, and the friendly boys that passed, and the quarrelsome boys, and the tidy and fresh-cheeked girls, and the barefoot negro boy and girl, and all the changes of city and country, wherever he went. His own parents, he that had fathered him, and she that had conceived him in her womb and birthed him, they gave this child more of themselves than that. They gave him afterward every day. They became part of him. The mother at home, quietly placing the dishes on the supper-table. The mother, with mild words, clean her cap and gown. A wholesome odor falling off her person and clothes as she walks by. The father, strong, self-sufficient, manly, mean, angered, unjust. The blow, the quick, loud word, the tight bargain, the crafty lure. The family usages, the language, the company, the furniture, the yearning and swelling heart. Affection that will not be gainsaid, the sense of what is real, the thought if after all it should prove unreal, the doubts of daytime and the doubts of night-time, the curious whether and how, whether that which appears so is so, or is it all flashes and specks, men and women crowding fast in the streets, if they are not flashes and specks, what are they? The streets themselves, and the facades of houses, and goods in the windows, vehicles, teams, the heavy planked wharves, the huge crossing at the ferries, the village on the highland seen from afar at sunset, the river between, shadows, aureola and mist, the light falling on roofs and gables of white or brown two miles off, the schooner near by sleepily dropping down the tide, 
the little boat slack-toed astern. The hurrying, tumbling waves, quick broken crests, slapping. The strata of colored clouds, the long bar of maroon tint away solitary by itself. The spread of purity it lies motionless in. The horizon's edge, the flying sea-crow, the fragrance of salt-marsh and shore-mud. These became part of that child who went forth every day, and who now goes, and will always go forth every day. Old Ireland Far hence, amid an isle of wondrous beauty, crouching over a grave, an ancient sorrowful mother, once a queen, now lean and tattered seated on the ground, her old white hair drooping and disheveled round her shoulders, at her feet fallen an unused royal harp. Long silent, she too long silent, mourning her shrouded hope and air. Of all the earth her heart most full of sorrow, because most full of love. Yet a word, ancient mother, you need crouch there no longer on the cold ground, with forehead between your knees. Oh, you need not sit there veiled in your old white hair so disheveled, for know you the one you mourn is not in that grave. It was an illusion. The son you love was not really dead. The Lord is not dead. He is risen again young and strong in another country. Even while you wept there by your fallen harp by the grave, what you wept for was translated, passed from the grave. The winds favored and the sea sailed it, and now, with rosy and new blood, moves to-day in a new country. THE CITY DEAD HOUSE By the city dead house, by the gate, as idly sauntering, wending my way from the clangor, I curious pause, for lo, an outcast form, a poor dead prostitute brought. Her corpse they deposit unclaimed. It lies on the damp brick pavement. The divine woman, her body, I see the body, I look on it alone. That house, once full of passion and beauty, All else I notice not, Nor stillness so cold, Nor running water from faucet, Nor odors more biffic impress me. But the house alone, that wondrous house, That delicate fair house, that ruin, that immortal house, more than all the rows of dwellings ever built, or white-domed capital with majestic figures surmounted, or all the old high-spired cathedrals. That little house alone, more than them all, poor desperate house, fair, fearful wreck, tenement of a soul, itself a soul, unclaimed, avoided house, Take one breath from my tremulous lips. Take one tear dropped aside as I go for thought of you. Dead house of love, 
house of madness and sin, crumbled, crushed, house of life, erewhile talking and laughing, but, ah, poor house, dead even then, months, years, an echoing, garnished house, but dead, dead, dead. This Compost 1. Something startles me where I thought I was safest. I withdraw from the still woods I loved. I will not go now on the pastures to walk. I will not strip the clothes from my body to meet my lover the sea. I will not touch my flesh to the earth as to other flesh to renew me. Oh, how can it be that the ground itself does not sicken? How can you be alive, you growths of spring? How can you furnish health, you blood of herbs, roots, orchards, grain? Are they not continually putting distempered corpses within you? Is not every continent worked over and over with sour dead? Where have you disposed of their carcasses? those drunkards and gluttons of so many generations? Where have you drawn off all the foul liquid and meat? I do not see any of it upon you today. Or perhaps I am deceived. I will run a furrow with my plough. I will press my spade through the sod and turn it up underneath. I am sure I shall expose some of the foul meat." Two. Behold this compost, behold it well. Perhaps every mite has once formed part of a sick person. Yet behold, the grass of spring covers the prairies. The bean bursts noiselessly through the mold in the garden. The delicate spear of the onion pierces upward. The apple buds cluster together on the apple branches. The resurrection of the wheat appears with pale visage out of its graves. The tinge awakes over the willow tree and the mulberry tree. The he-birds carol mornings and evenings while the she-birds sit on their nests. The young of poultry break through the hatched eggs. The newborn of animals appear. The calf is dropped from the cow, the colt from the mare. Out of its little hill faithfully rise the potato's dark green leaves. Out of its hill rises the yellow maize stalk, the lilacs bloom in the dooryards. The summer growth is innocent and disdainful above all these strata of sour dead. What chemistry! That the winds are really not infectious, that this is no cheat, this transparent green wash of the sea, which is so amorous after me, that it is safe to allow it to lick my naked body all over with its tongues, that it will not endanger me with the fevers that have deposited themselves in it, that all is clean forever and forever, that the cool drink from the well tastes so good, the blackberries are so flavorous and juicy, that the fruits of the apple orchard and the orange orchard, that melons, grapes, peaches, 
plums, will none of them poison me. That when I recline on the grass, I do not catch any disease, though probably every spear of grass rises out of what was once catching disease. Now I am terrified at the earth. It is that calm and patient. It grows such sweet things out of such corruptions. It turns harmless and stainless on its axis with such endless successions of diseased corpses. It distills such exquisite winds out of such infused fetter. It renews with such unwitting looks its prodigal, annual, sumptuous crops. It gives such divine materials to men and accepts such leavings from them at last. TO A FOILED EUROPEAN REVOLUTIONAIRE Courage yet, my brother or my sister, keep on. Liberty is to be subserved, whatever occurs. There is nothing that is quelled by one or two failures, or any number of failures or by the indifference or ingratitude of the people, or by any unfaithfulness, or the show of the tushes of power, soldiers, cannon, penal statutes. What we believe in waits latent forever through all the continents, invites no one, promises nothing, sits in calmness and light, is positive and composed, Knows no discouragement, waiting patiently, waiting its time. Not songs of loyalty alone are these, but songs of insurrection also, for I am the sworn poet of every dauntless rebel the world over, and he going with me leaves peace and routine behind him, and stakes his life to be lost at any moment. The battle rages with many a loud alarm and frequent advance and retreat. The infidel triumphs, or supposes he triumphs. The prison, scaffold, garret, handcuffs, iron necklace and lead balls do their work. The named and unnamed heroes pass to other spheres. The great speakers and writers are exiled. They lie sick in distant lands. The cause is asleep. The strongest throats are choked with their own blood. The young men droop their eyelashes toward the ground when they meet. But for all this, liberty has not gone out of the place, nor the infidel entered into full possession. When liberty goes out of a place, it is not the first to go, nor the second or third to go. It waits for all the rest to go. It is the last. When there are no more memories of heroes and martyrs, and when all life and all the souls of men and women are discharged from any part of the earth, then only shall liberty, or the idea of liberty, be discharged from that part of the earth, and the infidel come into full possession. Then courage, European revolter, revoltress, for till all ceases, neither must you cease. I do not know what you are for. I do not know what I am for myself, nor what anything is for. 
but I will search carefully for it, even in being foiled, in defeat, poverty, misconception, imprisonment, for they, too, are great. Did we think victory great? So it is, but now it seems to me, when it cannot be helped, that defeat is great, and that death and dismay are great. UNNAMED LAND Nations ten thousand years before these states, and many times ten thousand years before these states, garnered clusters of ages that men and women like us grew up and travelled their course and passed on. What vast-built cities, what orderly republics, what pastoral tribes and nomads! What histories, rulers, heroes, perhaps transcending all others! What laws, customs, wealth, arts, traditions! What sort of marriage, what costumes, what physiology and phrenology! What of liberty and slavery among them, what they thought of death and the soul! Who were witty and wise? Who beautiful and poetic? Who brutish and undeveloped? Not a mark, not a record remains. And yet all remains. Oh, I know that those men and women were not for nothing, any more than we are for nothing. I know that they belong to the scheme of the world, every bit as much as we now belong to it. Afar they stand, yet near to me they stand, Some with oval countenances, learned and calm, Some naked and savage, Some like huge collections of insects, Some in tents, herdsmen, patriarchs, tribes, horsemen, Some prowling through woods, Some living peaceably on farms, laboring, reaping, filling barns, some traversing paved avenues amid temples, palaces, factories, libraries, shows, courts, theaters, wonderful monuments. Are those billions of men really gone? Are those women of the old experience of the earth gone? Do their lives, cities, arts, rest only with us? Did they achieve nothing for good for themselves? I believe of all those men and women that filled the unnamed lands, every one exists this hour here or elsewhere, invisible to us, in exact proportion to what he or she grew from in life, and out of what he or she did, felt, became, loved, sinned in life. I believe that was not the end of those nations, or any person of them, any more than this shall be the end of my nation, or of me, of their languages, governments, marriage, literature, products, games, wars, manners, Crimes, prisons, slaves, heroes, poets, 
I suspect their results curiously await in the yet unseen world. Counterparts of what accrued to them in the seen world. I suspect I shall meet them there. I suspect I shall there find each old particular of those unnamed lands. Song of Prudence Manhattan streets I sauntered, pondering, On time, space, reality, On such as these, and abreast with them, prudence. The last explanation always remains to be made about prudence. Little and large alike drop quietly aside From the prudence that suits immorality. The soul is of itself, all verges to it, all has reference to what ensues. All that a person does, says, thinks, is of consequence. Not a move can a man or woman make that affects him or her in a day, month, any part of the direct lifetime, or the hour of death, but the same affects him or her onward, afterward, through the indirect lifetime. The indirect is just as much as the direct. The spirit receives from the body just as much as it gives to the body, if not more. Not one word or deed, not venereal sore, discoloration, privacy of the onanist, putridity of gluttons or rum-drinkers, peculation, cunning, betrayal, murder, seduction, prostitution, but has results beyond death, as really as before death. Charity and personal force are the only investments worth anything. No specification is necessary. All that a male or female does, that is vigorous, benevolent, clean, is so much profit to him or her, in the unshakable order of the universe, and through the whole scope of it forever. Who has been wise receives interest. Savage, felon, president, judge, farmer, sailor, mechanic, literate, young, old— it is the same. The interest will come round. All will come round. Singly, wholly, to affect now, affected their time, will forever affect. All of the past, and all of the present, and all of the future. All the brave actions of war and peace. All help given to relatives, strangers, the poor, old, sorrowful young children— widows, the sick, and to shunned persons, all self-denial, that stood steady and aloof on wrecks, and saw others fill the seats of the boats, all offering of substance, or life, for the good old cause, or for a friend's sake, or opinion's sake, all pains of enthusiasts scoffed at by their neighbors, all the limitless sweet love and precious suffering of mothers, all honest men baffled in strifes recorded or unrecorded, all the grandeur and good of ancient nations whose fragments we inherit, 
all the good of the dozens of ancient nations unknown to us by name, date, location. All that was ever manfully begun, whether it succeeded or no, all suggestions of the divine mind of man, or the divinity of his mouth, or the shaping of his great hands, all that is well thought or said, this day, on any part of the globe, or on any of the wandering stars, or on any of the fixed stars, by those there as we are here. All that is henceforth to be thought, or done, by you, whoever you are, or by any one. These inure, have inured, shall inure, to the identities from which they sprang, or shall spring. Did you guess anything lived only its moment? The world does not so exist. No parts palpable or impalpable so exist. No consummation exists without being from some long previous consummation, and that from some other, without the farthest conceivable one coming a bit nearer the beginning than any. Whatever satisfies souls is true. Prudence entirely satisfies the craving and glut of souls. Itself only finally satisfies the soul. The soul has that measureless pride which revolts from every lesson but its own. Now I breathe the word of the prudence that walks abreast with time, space, reality that answers the pride which refuses every lesson but its own. What is prudence is indivisible, declines to separate one part of life from every part, divides not the righteous from the unrighteous, or the living from the dead, matches every thought or act by its correlative, knows no possible forgiveness or deputed atonement, knows that the young man who composedly periled his life and lost it has done exceedingly well for himself, without doubt, that he who never periled his life but retains it to old age in riches and ease has probably achieved nothing for himself worth mentioning, knows that only that person has really learned who has learned to prefer results, who favors body and soul the same, who perceives the indirect assuredly following the direct, who in his spirit, in any emergency, whatever neither hurries nor avoids death. THE SINGER IN THE PRISON O sight of pity, shame, and dole, a fearful thought, a convict soul. 1. Rang the refrain along the hall, the prison, Rose to the roof, the vaults of heaven above, Pouring in floods of melody, in tones so pensive, sweet, and strong, The like whereof was never heard, Reaching the far-off sentry, and the armed guards, Who ceased their pacing, making the hearer's pulses stop For ecstasy and awe. Two, the sun was low in the west one winter day, when down a narrow aisle amid the thieves and outlaws of the land, 
There by the hundred seated, seer-faced murderers, wily counterfeiters, gathered to Sunday church in prison walls, the keepers round, plenteous, well-armed, watching with vigilant eyes. Calmly a lady walked, holding a little innocent child by either hand, whom, seating on their stools beside her on the platform, she, first preluding with the instrument, a low and musical prelude, in voice surpassing all, sang forth a quaint old hymn. A soul confined by bars and bands cries help, O oh help, and wrings her hands, blinded her eyes, bleeding her breast, nor pardon finds, nor balm of rest. Ceaseless she paces to and fro, O oh, heartsick days, O oh, nights of woe, nor hand of friend, nor loving face, nor favor comes, nor word of grace. It was not that I sinned the sin, the ruthless body dragged me in, though long I strove courageously, the body was too much for me. Dear prisoned soul, bear up a space, for soon or late the certain grace, to set thee free and bear thee home, the heavenly pardoner, death, shall come. Convict no more, nor shame, nor dole. Depart, a God-enfranchised soul. 3. The singer ceased. One glance swept from her clear, calm eyes o'er all those upturned faces. Strange sea of prison faces. A thousand varied, crafty, brutal, seamed, and beauteous faces. Then rising, passing back along the narrow aisle between them, while her gown touched them, rustling in the silence, she vanished with her children in the dusk. While upon all convicts and armed keepers ere they stirred, convict forgetting prison, keeper his loaded pistol, a hush and pause fell down a wondrous minute. With deep half-stifled sobs, and sound of bad men bowed and moved to weeping, and youth's convulsive breathings, memories of home, the mother's voice in lullaby, the sister's care, the happy childhood, the long-pent spirit roused to reminiscence. A wondrous minute, then, but after... In the solitary night, to many, many there, Years after, even in the hour of death, The sad refrain, the tune, the voice, the words, Resumed, the large calm lady walks the narrow aisle, The wailing melody again, the singer in the prison sings, O sight of pity, shame, and dole, a fearful thought, a convict soul. End of part one of book twenty four, Autumn Rivulets. This is a LibriVox recording. 
All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Annie Coleman in St. Louis, Missouri, in January 2006. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman Book 24, Autumn Rivulets Part 2 Warble for Lilac Time Warble me now for joy of lilac time, Returning in reminiscence. Sort me, O tongue and lips, for nature's sake, Souvenirs of earliest summer. Gather the welcome signs, As children with pebbles or stringing shells. Put in April and May the hylas Croaking in the ponds, the elastic air, Bees, butterflies, the sparrow with its simple notes, Bluebird and darting swallow, Nor forget the high hole flashing his golden wings, The tranquil sunny haze, the clinging smoke, the vapor, Shimmer of waters with fish in them, The cerulean above, all that is jocund and sparkling, The brooks running, the maple woods, the crisp February days and the sugar-making, The robin where he hops bright-eyed, brown-breasted, With musical clear call at sunrise, and again at sunset, Or flitting among the trees of the apple-orchard, Building the nest of his mate, The melted snow of March, the willow sending forth its yellow-green sprouts, For springtime is here, the summer is here, and what is this in it and from it? Thou, soul, unloosened, The restlessness after I know not what. Come, let us lag here no longer. Let us be up and away. Oh, if one could but fly like a bird. Oh, to escape, to sail forth as in a ship, To glide with thee, O soul, O'er all, in all, as a ship o'er the waters. Gathering these hints, the preludes, the blue sky, the grass, the morning drops of dew, the lilac scent, the bushes with dark green heart-shaped leaves, wood violets, the little delicate pale blossoms, called innocence, samples in sorts not for themselves alone, but for their atmosphere. To grace the bush I love, to sing with the birds, a warble for joy of returning in reminiscence. Outlines for a Tomb G. P. Buried, 1870 1. What may we chant, O thou, within this tomb? What tablets, outlines, hang for thee, O millionaire? The life thou livedst we know not, but that thou walkest thy years in barter, Mid the haunts of brokers, Nor heroism thine, nor war, nor glory. 2. Silent, my soul, with drooping lids, As waiting, pondered, Turning from all the samples, Monuments of heroes, While through the interior vistas, Noiseless uprose, Phantasmic as by night auroras of the north, 
lambent tableaus, prophetic bodiless scenes, spiritual projections. In one, among the city streets, a laborer's home appeared, after his day's work done, cleanly sweet-aired, the glass-light burning, the carpet swept and a fire in the cheerful stove. In one, the sacred parturition scene, a happy painless mother birthed a perfect child. In one, at a bounteous morning meal, sat peaceful parents with contented sons. In one, by twos and threes, young people, hundreds concentrating, walked the paths and streets and roads toward a tall domed school. In one, a trio beautiful, grandmother, loving daughter, loving daughter's daughter, sat, chatting and sewing. In one, along a suite of noble rooms, mid plenteous books and journals, paintings on the walls, fine statuettes, were groups of friendly journeymen, mechanics young and old, reading, conversing. All, all the shows of laboring life, city and country, women's, men's, and children's, their wants provided for, hued in the sun and tinged for once with joy. Marriage, the street, the factory, farm, the house-room, lodging-room, labor and toll, the bath, gymnasium, playground, library, college, the student, boy or girl, led forward to be taught, the sick cared for, the shoeless shod, the orphan fathered and mothered, the hungry fed, the houseless housed, the intentions perfect and divine, the workings, details, haply human. 3. O thou within this tomb, from thee such scenes, thou stintless, lavish giver, tallying the gifts of earth, large as the earth, thy name in earth, with mountains, fields, and tides. Nor by your streams alone, you rivers, by you, your banks, Connecticut, by you and all your teeming life, old Thames, by you, Potomac, laving the ground, Washington trod, by you, Patapsco, you, Hudson, you, endless Mississippi, nor you alone, but to the high seas launch, my thought, his memory. Out from behind this mask, to confront a portrait. 1. Out from behind this bending, rough-cut mask, these lights and shades, this drama of the whole, this common curtain of the face contained in me, for me, in you, for you, in each, for each. Tragedies, sorrows, laughter, tears, oh, heaven, the passionate teeming plays this curtain hid, this glaze of God's serenest, purest sky, this film of Satan's seething pit, this heart's geography's map, this limitless small continent, this soundless sea. Out from the convolutions of this globe, this subtler astronomic orb, than sun or moon, than Jupiter, Venus, Mars, 
This condensation of the universe, nay, here the only universe, here the idea, all in this mystic handful wrapped. These burned eyes, flashing to you to pass to future time, to launch and spin through space revolving sidling, from these to emanate, to you, whoe'er you are, a look. 2. A traveller of thoughts and years, of peace and war, of youth long sped, and middle age declining, as the first volume of a tale perused and laid away, and this the second, songs, ventures, speculations, presently to close. Lingering a moment here and now, to you I opposite turn, as on the road, or at some crevice door by chance, or opened window, pausing, inclining, bearing my head, you specially I greet, to draw and clinch your soul for once inseparably with mine, then travel, travel on. Vocalism 1. Vocalism, measure, concentration, determination, and the divine power to speak words. Are you full-lunged and limber-lipped from long trial, from vigorous practice, from physique? Do you move in these broad lands as broad as they? Come duly to the divine power to speak words? For only at last, after many years, after chastity, friendship, procreation, prudence, and nakedness, after treading ground and breasting river and lake, after a loosened throat, after absorbing eras, temperaments, races, after knowledge, freedom, crimes, after complete faith, after clarifyings, elevations, and removing obstructions, after these and more, it is just possible there comes to a man, woman, the divine power to speak words. Then toward that man or that woman swiftly hasten all, None refuse, all attend. Armies, ships, antiquities, libraries, paintings, machines, cities, hate, despair, amity, pain, theft, murder, aspiration, form in close ranks. They debouch as they are wanted to march obediently through the mouth of that man or that woman. 2. Oh, what is it in me that makes me tremble so at voices? Surely whoever speaks to me in the right voice, him or her I shall follow, as the water follows the moon, silently, with fluid steps, anywhere around the globe. All waits for the right voices. Where is the practiced and perfect organ? Where is the developed soul? For I see every word uttered thence has deeper, sweeter new sounds, impossible on less terms. I see brains and lips closed, tympans and temples unstruck, until that comes which has the quality to strike and to unclose, until that comes which has the quality to bring forth what lies slumbering forever ready in all words. TO HIM THAT WAS CRUCIFIED 
My spirit to yours, dear brother. Do not mind, because many sounding your name do not understand you. I do not sound your name, but I understand you. I specify you with joy, O oh my comrade, to salute you, and to salute those who are with you, before and since, and those to come also, that we all labor together, transmitting the same charge and succession. We few equals indifferent of lands, indifferent of times. We enclosers of all continents, all castes, allowers of all theologies, compassionators, perceivers, rapport of men. We walk silent among disputes and assertions, but reject not the disputers, nor anything that is asserted. We hear the bawling and din. We are reached at by divisions, jealousies, recriminations on every side. They close peremptorily upon us to surround us, my comrade. Yet we walk unheld, free, the whole earth over, journeying up and down till we make our ineffaceable mark upon time and the diverse eras, till we saturate time and eras, that the men and women of races, ages to come, may prove brethren and lovers as we are. You Felons on Trial in Courts You felons on trial in courts, you convicts in prison cells, you sentenced assassins chained and handcuffed with iron, who am I too that I am not on trial or in prison? Me, ruthless and devilish as any, that my wrists are not chained with iron, or my ankles with iron. You prostitutes flaunting over the trottoir, or obscene in your rooms, who am I that I should call you more obscene than myself? O oh, culpable! I acknowledge, I expose. O oh, admirers, praise me not, compliment not me, you make me wince. I see what you do not. I know what you do not. Inside these breast-bones I lie, smutched and choked. Beneath this face that appears so impassive, hell's tides continually run. Lusts and wickedness are acceptable to me. I walk with delinquents, with passionate love. I feel I am of them. I belong to those convicts and prostitutes myself. And henceforth I will not deny them, for how can I deny myself? Laws for Creations Laws for creations, for strong artists and leaders, for fresh broods of teachers and perfect literates for America, for noble savants and coming musicians, all must have reference to the ensemble of the world, and the compact truth of the world. There shall be no subject too pronounced. All works shall illustrate the divine law of indirections. What do you suppose creation is? What do you suppose will satisfy the soul, except to walk free and own no superior? What do you suppose I would intimate to you in a hundred ways, but that man or woman is as good as God. 
and that there is no god any more divine than yourself, and that that is what the oldest and newest myths finally mean, and that you, or any one, must approach creations through such laws. TO A COMMON PROSTITUTE Be composed, be at ease with me, I am Walt Whitman, liberal and lusty as nature. Not till the sun excludes you do I exclude you. Not till the waters refuse to glisten for you, and the leaves to rustle for you, do my words refuse to glisten and rustle for you. My girl, I appoint you with an appointment, and I charge you that you make preparation to be worthy to meet me, and I charge you that you be patient and perfect till I come. Till then I salute you with a significant look that you do not forget me. I WAS LOOKING A LONG WHILE I was looking a long while for intentions, for a clue to the history of the past for myself, and for these chants, and now I have found it. It is not in those paged fables in the libraries, them I neither accept nor reject. It is no more in the legends than in all else. It is in the present. It is this earth to-day. It is in democracy, the purport and aim of all the past. It is the life of one man or one woman to-day, the average man to-day. It is in languages, social customs, literatures, arts. It is in the broad show of artificial things, ships, machinery, politics, creeds, modern improvements, and the interchange of nations, all for the modern, all for the average man of to-day. Thought Of persons arrived at high positions, ceremonies, wealth, scholarships, and the like, to me all that those persons have arrived at sinks away from them, except as it results to their bodies and souls, so that often to me they appear gaunt and naked, and often to me each one mocks the others, and mocks himself or herself, and of each one the core of life, namely happiness, is full of the rotten excrement of maggots, and often to me those men and women pass unwittingly the true realities of life, and go toward false realities, and often to me they are alive after what custom has served them, but nothing more, and often to me they are sad, hasty, unwaked sonambules, walking the dusk. Miracles Why, who makes much of a miracle? As to me, I know of nothing else but miracles. Whether I walk the streets of Manhattan, or dart my sight over the roofs of houses toward the sky, or wade with naked feet along the beach just in the edge of the water, or stand under trees in the woods, or talk by day with any one I love, or sleep in the bed at night with any one I love, or sit at table at dinner with the rest, or look at strangers opposite me riding in the car, or watch honey-bees, busy around the hive, of a summer forenoon, 
or animals feeding in the fields, or birds, or the wonderfulness of insects in the air, or the wonderfulness of the sundown, or of stars shining so quiet and bright, or the exquisite, delicate, thin curve of the new moon in spring. These, with the rest, one and all, are to me miracles, the whole referring, yet each distinct, and in its place. To me, every hour of the light and dark is a miracle. Every cubic inch of space is a miracle. Every square yard of the surface of the earth is spread with the same. Every foot of the interior swarms with the same. To me, the sea is a continual miracle. The fishes that swim, the rocks, the motion of the waves, the ships with men in them. What stranger miracles are there? Sparkles from the Wheel Where the city's ceaseless crowd moves on the live-long day, Withdrawn, I join a group of children watching. I pause aside with them. By the curb toward the edge of the flagging, A knife-grinder works at his wheel, Sharpening a great knife. Bending over, he carefully holds it to the stone. By foot and knee, with measured tread, he turns rapidly, as he presses with light but firm hand. Forth issue then in copious golden jets, sparkles from the wheel. The scene and all its belongings, how they seize and affect me. The sad, sharp-chinned old man, with worn clothes and broad shoulder-band of leather. Myself, effusing and fluid, a phantom curiously floating, now here absorbed and arrested. The group, an unminded point, set in a vast surrounding. The attentive, quiet children, the loud, proud, restive bass of the streets, the low, hoarse purr of the whirling stone, the light-pressed blade, diffusing, dropping, sideways darting, in tiny showers of gold, Sparkles from the wheel. To a pupil. Is reform needed? Is it through you? The greater the reform needed, the greater the personality you need to accomplish it. You. Do you not see how it would serve to have eyes, blood, complexion, clean and sweet? Do you not see how it would serve to have such a body and soul that when you enter the crowd an atmosphere of desire and command enters with you, and everyone is impressed with your personality? Oh, the magnet, the flesh, over and over! Go, dear friend, if need be, give up all else, and commence to-day, to inure yourself to pluck, reality, self-esteem, definiteness, Elevatedness. Rest not till you rivet and publish yourself of your own personality. Unfolded out of the folds. Unfolded out of the folds of the woman, man comes unfolded, and is always to come unfolded. Unfolded only out of the superbest woman of the earth is to come the superbest man of the earth. 
Unfolded out of the friendliest woman is to come the friendliest man. Unfolded only out of the perfect body of a woman can a man be formed of perfect body. Unfolded only out of the inimitable poems of women can come the poems of man. Only thence have my poems come. Unfolded out of the strong and arrogant woman I love, only thence can appear the strong and arrogant man I love. Unfolded by brawny embraces from the well-muscled woman love, only thence comes the brawny embraces of the man. Unfolded out of the folds of the woman's brain come all the folds of the man's brain, duly obedient. Unfolded out of the justice of the woman, all justice is unfolded. Unfolded out of the sympathy of the woman is all sympathy. A man is a great thing upon the earth and through eternity, but every of the greatness of man is unfolded out of a woman. First the man is shaped in the woman. He can then be shaped in himself. 'What am I after all? What am I after all but a child, pleased with the sound of my own name, repeating it over and over? I stand apart to hear, it never tires me. To you, your name also. Did you think there was nothing but two or three pronunciations in the sound of your name? Cosmos. Who includes diversity and is nature? Who is the amplitude of the earth and the coarseness and sexuality of the earth and the great charity of the earth and the equilibrium also? Who has not looked forth from the windows the eyes for nothing or whose brain held audience with messengers for nothing? Who contains believers and disbelievers? Who is the most majestic lover? Who holds duly his or her triune proportion of realism, spiritualism, and of the aesthetic or intellectual? Who, having considered the body, finds all its organs and parts good? Who, out of the theory of the earth and of his or her body, understands by subtle analogies all other theories? The theory of a city, a poem, and of the large politics of these states, who believes not only in our globe with its sun and moon, but in other globes with their suns and moons, who, constructing the house of himself or herself, not for a day, but for all time, sees races, eras, dates, generations, the past, the future, dwelling there, like space, inseparable, together. Others may praise what they like. Others may praise what they like, but I, from the banks of the running Missouri, praise nothing in art or aught else, till it has well inhaled the atmosphere of this river, also the western prairie scent, and exudes it all again. Who learns my lesson complete? 
Who learns my lesson complete? Boss, journeyman, apprentice, churchman and atheist, the stupid and the wise thinker, parents and offspring, merchant, clerk, porter and customer, editor, author, artist and schoolboy, draw nigh and commence. It is no lesson. It lets down the bars to a good lesson, and that to another, and every one to another still. The great laws take and diffuse without argument. I am of the same style, for I am their friend. I love them, quits and quits. I do not halt and make salams. I try abstracted and hear beautiful tales of things and the reasons of things. They are so beautiful I nudge myself to listen. I cannot say to any person what I hear. I cannot say it to myself. It is very wonderful. It is no small matter, this round and delicious globe moving so exactly in its orbit for ever and ever, without one jolt or the untruth of a single second. I do not think it was made in six days, nor in ten thousand years, nor ten billions of years, nor planned and built one thing after another as an architect plans and builds a house. I do not think seventy years is the time of a man or woman, nor that seventy millions of years is the time of a man or woman, nor that years will ever stop the existence of me or anyone else. Is it wonderful that I should be immortal, as everyone is immortal? I know it is wonderful, but my eyesight is equally wonderful, and how I was conceived in my mother's womb is equally wonderful, and passed from a babe in the creeping trance of a couple of summers and winters to articulate and walk. All this is equally wonderful. And that my soul embraces you this hour, and we affect each other, without ever seeing each other, and never perhaps to see each other, is every bit as wonderful. And that I can think such thoughts as these is just as wonderful. And that I can remind you, and you think them and know them to be true, is just as wonderful. And that the moon spins round the earth, and on with the earth, is equally wonderful. And that they balance themselves with the sun and stars, is equally wonderful. TESTS All submit to them where they sit, inner, secure, unapproachable to analysis in the soul. Not traditions, not the outer authorities are the judges. They are the judges of outer authorities, and of all traditions. They corroborate as they go only whatever corroborates themselves, and touches themselves. For all that, they have it forever in themselves, to corroborate far and near, without one exception. THE TORCH on my northwest coast, in the midst of the night, a fisherman's group stands watching. Out on the lake that expands before them, others are spearing salmon. The canoe, a dim, shadowy thing, moves across the black water, bearing a torch ablaze at the prow.
O Star of France, 1870-71 O Star of France, the brightness of thy hope and strength and fame, like some proud ship that led the fleet so long, beseems to-day a wreck driven by the gale, a massless hulk, and mid its teeming, maddened, half-drowned crowds, nor helm nor helmsman. Dim, smitten star, orb not of France alone, pale symbol of my soul, its dearest hopes, the struggle and the daring, rage divine for liberty, of aspirations toward the far ideal, enthusiast dreams of brotherhood, of terror to the tyrant and the priest. Star crucified by traitors sold, star panting o'er a land of death, heroic land, strange, passionate, mocking, frivolous land, miserable, yet for thy errors, vanities, sins, I will not now rebuke thee. Thy unexampled woes and pangs have quelled them all, and left thee sacred. In that, amid thy many faults, thou ever aimest high, and that thou wouldst not really sell thyself however great the price, and that thou surely wakest weeping from thy drugged sleep, and that alone among thy sisters thou, giantess, didst rend the ones that shamed thee, and that thou couldst not, wouldst not, wear the usual chains, this cross, thy livid face, thy pierced hands and feet, the spear thrust in thy side. O star, O ship of France, beat back and baffled long, bear up, O smitten orb, O ship, continue on. Sure as the ship of all, the earth itself, Product of deathly fire and turbulent chaos, Forth from its spasms of fury and its poisons, Issuing at last in perfect power and beauty, Onward, beneath the sun, following its course, So thee, O ship of France, Finished the days, the clouds dispelled, The travail o'er, the long-sought extrication, when, lo, reborn, high o'er the European world, in gladness answering thence, as face afar to face, reflecting ours, Columbia. Again thy star, O France, fair, lustrous star, in heavenly peace, clearer, more bright than ever, shall beam immortal. THE OX TAMER In a faraway northern county, in the placid pastoral region, lives my farmer friend, the theme of my recitative, a famous tamer of oxen. There they bring him the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds to break them. He will take the wildest steer in the world and break him and tame him. He will go fearless without any whip, where the young bullock chafes up and down the yard. The bullock's head tosses restless high in the air with raging eyes. Yet see you how soon his rage subsides? How soon this tamer tames him? See you, on the farms hereabout a hundred oxen young and old, 
and he is the man who has tamed them. They all know him, all are affectionate to him. See you? Some are such beautiful animals, so lofty-looking. Some are buff-colored, some mottled. One has a white line running along his back. Some are brindled. Some have wide flaring horns, a good sign. See you, the bright hides? See the two with stars on their foreheads? See the round bodies and broad backs? How straight and square they stand on their legs! What fine, sagacious eyes! How straight they watch their tamer! They wish him near them! How they turn to look after him! What yearning expression! How uneasy they are when he moves away from them! Now I marvel what it can be he appears to them. Books, politics, poems depart. All else departs. I confess, I envy only his fascination, My silent, illiterate friend, Whom a hundred oxen love, There in his life on farms, In the northern county far, In the placid pastoral region. An Old Man's Thought of School For the Inauguration of a Public School Camden, New Jersey, 1874 An old man's thought of school, An old man gathering youthful memories, And blooms that youth itself cannot. Now only do I know you, O fair auroral skies, O morning dew upon the grass. And these I see, these sparkling eyes, These stores of mystic meaning, these young lives, building, equipping like a fleet of ships, immortal ships, soon to sail out over the measureless seas on the soul's voyage. Only a lot of boys and girls? Only the tiresome spelling, writing, ciphering classes? Only a public school? Ah, more, infinitely more. As George Fox raised his warning cry, is it this pile of brick and mortar, These dead floors, windows, rails, you call the church? Why, this is not the church at all. The church is living, every living soul. And you, America, Cast you the real reckoning for your present? The lights and shadows of your future, good or evil? To girlhood, boyhood, look, The teacher and the school. WANDERING AT MORN Wandering at morn, emerging from the night, from gloomy thoughts, thee in my thoughts, yearning for thee harmonious union, thee singing bird divine, thee coiled in evil times my country, with craft and black dismay, with every meanness, treason thrust upon thee, this common marvel I beheld, The parent thrush I watched feeding its young, The singing thrush, whose tones of joy and faith ecstatic Fail not to certify and cheer my soul. There pondered, felt I, 
If worms, snakes, loathsome grubs, May to sweet spiritual songs be turned, If vermin so transposed, So used and blessed may be, Then may I trust in you, Your fortunes, days, my country. Who knows but these may be the lessons fit for you. From these your future song may rise with joyous trills, Destined to fill the world. Italian Music in Dakota The Seventeenth, the finest regimental band I ever heard. Through the soft evening air, in winding all, Rocks, woods, fort, cannon, Pacing sentries, endless winds, In dulcet streams, in flutes and cornets notes, Electric, pensive, turbulent, artificial, Yet strangely fitting even here, Meanings unknown before, subtler than ever, more harmony, as if born here, related here, Not to the city's frescoed rooms, Not to the audience of the opera-house. Sounds, echoes, wandering strains, As really here at home. Sonambula's innocent love, Trios with Norma's anguish, And thy ecstatic chorus Pelluccio. Rayed in the limpid yellow slanting sundown, Music, Italian music, in Dakota. While nature, sovereign of this gnarled realm, Lurking in hidden barbaric grim recesses, Acknowledge rapport, however far removed, As some old root or soil of earth, Its last-born flower or fruit, Listens well pleased. WITH ALL THY GIFTS with all thy gifts, America, Standing secure, Rapidly tending, overlooking the world, Power, wealth, extent, vouchsafe to thee, With these, and like of these, vouchsafe to thee, What if one gift thou lackest? The ultimate human problem never solving. The gift of perfect women fit for thee, What if that gift of gifts thou lackest? The towering feminine of thee, The beauty, health, completion, Fit for thee, The mothers fit for thee. My Picture Gallery In a little house keep I pictures suspended. It is not a fixed house, it is round, It is only a few inches from one side to the other. Yet, behold, it has room for all the shows of the world, all memories. Here the tableaus of life, and here the groupings of death. Here, do you know this? This is Cicerone himself. With finger raised he points to the prodigal pictures. The Prairie States A newer garden of creation no primal solitude. Dense, joyous, modern, populous millions, cities and farms, with iron interlaced, composite, tied, many in one, by all the world contributed, 
Freedoms and Laws and Thrift's Society, The Crown and Teeming Paradise, So Far of Time's Accumulations, To Justify the Past. End of Part 2 of Book 24, Autumn Rivulets This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please see LibriVox.org. Recording by Hugh McGuire. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 25. Proud Music of the Storm. 1. Proud Music of the Storm. Blast the careers so free, whistling across the prairies. Strong hum of forest tree tops, wind of the mountains, personified dim shapes. You hidden orchestras, you serenades of phantoms with instruments alert, blending with nature's rhythmus all the tongues of nations. You chords left as by vast composers, you choruses, you formless free religious dances, you from the orient, you undertone of rivers, roar of pouring cataracts, you sound from distant guns with galloping cavalry, echoes of camps with all the different bugle calls, trooping tumulus. Filling the midnight late, bending me powerless, entering my lonesome slumber chamber. Why have you seized me? Two. Come forward, O my soul, and let the rest retire. Listen, lose not. It is towards thee they tend, parting the midnight, entering my slumber chamber. For thee they sing and dance, O soul. A festival song, the duet of the bridegroom and the bride, a marriage march. With lips of love and hearts of lovers filled to the brim with love. The red flushed cheeks and perfumes, the cortege swarming, full of friendly faces young and old, to flutes clear notes and sounding harps countable. Now loud approaching drums, Victoria, seest thou in the powder smoke the banners torn but flying, the rout of the battlefield? Hearest those shouts of a conquering army. Ah, soul, the sobs of women, The wounded groaning in agony, The hiss and crackle of flames, The blackened ruins. Now airs antique and medieval fill me. I see and hear old harpers with their harps at Welsh festivals. I hear... The minnesingers singing their lays of love. I hear the minstrels gleaming troubadours of the Middle Ages. Now the great organ sounds, tremulous while underneath, as hid footholds of the earth, on which a rising rest and leaping forth depend, all shapes of beauty, grace and strength, all hues we know. Green blades of grass and warbling birds, children that gamble and play, the clouds of heaven above, the strong base stands, and its pulsations intermits not. 
bathing, supporting, merging all the rest, maternity of all the rest, and with it every instrument in multitudes, the players playing all the world's musicians, the solemn hymns and masses rousing adoration, all passionate heart chants, sorrowful appeals, the measureless sweet vocalists of ages, and for their solvent setting earth's own diapson, of winds and woods and mighty ocean waves, a new composite orchestra, binder years and climes, tenfold renewer. As of the far-back days the poets tell the paradiso, the straying thence, the separation long, but now the wandering done, the journey done, the journeymen come home, and man art with nature fused again. Tutti, for earth and heaven, the almighty leader now for once is signaled with his wand. The manly strophe of the husbands of the world, and all the wives responding, the tongues of violins, I think, O oh, tongues, ye tell this heart that cannot tell itself, this brooding, yearning heart that cannot tell itself. Three. Ah, from a little child, thou knowest soul how to me all sounds became music. My mother's voice in lullaby or hymn, the voice, O oh, tender voices, memories, loving voices, last miracle of all, O oh, dearest mothers, sisters, voices. The rain, the growing corn, the breeze among the long-leaved corn, the measured sea-surf beating on the sand, the twittering bird, the hawk's sharp scream, wild fowls, notes at night, as flying low, migrating north or south, the psalm in the country church, or mid the clustering trees, the open-air camp meeting. The fiddler in the tavern, the glee, the long-strung sailor song, the lowing cattle, bleating sheep, the crowing cock at dawn. All songs of current lands come sounding round me, the German airs of friendship, wine and love, Irish ballads, merry jigs and dances, English warbles, chansons of France, scotch tunes and o'er the rest, Italia's peerless compositions. Across the stage, with pallor on her face, yet lurid passion, stalks Norma, brandishing the dagger in her hand. I see poor, crazed Lucia's eyes, unnatural gleam, her hair down her back falls loose and disheveled. I see where Irnani, walking the bridal garden, amid the scent of night roses, radiant, holding his bride by the hand, hears the infernal call, the death pledge of the horn. To crossing swords and gray hairs barred to heaven. To clear electric bass and baritone of the world. The trombone duo, Libertad, forever. From Spanish chestnut trees, dense shade. By old and heavy convent walls, a wailing song. A song of lost love, the torch of youth and life quenched in despair. Song of the dying swan. Fernando's heart is breaking. Awaking from her woes, last retrieved, Amina sings, copious as stars and glad as morning light, the torrents of her joy. The teeming lady comes, the lustrous orb, Venus Contralto, 
the blooming mother, sister of loftiest gods, Alboni's self, I hear. I hear those odes, symphonies, operas. I hear in the William Tell the music of an aroused and angry people. I hear Meyerbeer's, Huguenot's, the prophet, or Robert Gunnod's, Faust, or Mozart's John Juan. I hear the dance music of all nations, the waltz, some delicious measure, lapsing, bathing me in bliss, the bolero to tinkling guitars and clattering castanets. I see religious dances old and new, I hear the sound of the Hebrew lyre. I see the crusaders marching, bearing the cross on high to the martial clang of cymbals. I hear dervishes monotonously chanting, interspersed with frantic shouts as they spin round, turning always towards Mecca. I see the rapt religious dances of the Persians and the Arabs again. Eleusis, home of Ceres. I see the modern Greeks dancing. I hear them clapping hands as they bend their bodies. I hear the metrical shuffling of their feet. I see again the wild old Corybantian dance the performers wounding each other. I see the Roman youth to the shrill sound of the flagolettes, throwing and catching their weapons as they fall on their knees and rise again. I hear from the Musulman mosque, the muezzin calling. I see the worshippers within, nor form nor sermon, argument nor word, but silent, strange, devout, raised, glowing heads, ecstatic faces. I hear the Egyptian harp of many strings, the primitive chants of Nile boatmen, the sacred imperial hymns of China, the delicate sounds of the king, the stricken wood and stone, or to Hindu flutes and the fretting twang of the vina. A Band of Bayaderes 5. Now Asia, Africa, leave me. Europe seizing inflates me. To organs huge and bands I hear as from vast concourses of voices. Luther's strong hymn, Ein feste burgist uster Gott, Rossini's Sabbat Mater Dolorosa. Or floating in some high cathedral, dim with gorgeous colored windows, the passionate Agnes Dei, or Gloria in Excelsis. Composers. Mighty maestros, and you sweet singers of old lands, soprani, tenori, bassi, to you a new bard caroling in the west, obeisance sends his love. Such led to thee, old soul. All senses, shows, and objects lead to thee, but now it seems to me sound leads o'er all the rest. I hear the annual singing of the children in St. Paul's cathedrals. Or under the high roof of some colossal hall, the symphonies, oratorios of Beethoven, Handel, or Haydn, the creation in billows of godhood laves me. Give me to hold all sounds, I madly struggling cry. Fill me with all the voices of the universe, endow me with their throbbings, natures also. The tempest, waters, winds, operas, and chants, marches and dances, utter, pour in, for I would take them all. 6. Then I woke softly, and pausing, questioning a while the music of my dreams, and questioning all those reminiscences, 
the tempest in its fury, and all the songs of sopranos and tenors, and those rapt oriental dances of religious fervor, and the sweet varied instruments, and the diapason of organs, and all the artless plaints of love and grief and death, I said to my silent curious soul out of the bed of the slumber chamber, Come, for I have found the clue I sought so long. Let us go forth refreshed amid the day, cheerfully tallying life, walking the world, the real, nourished thenceforth by our celestial dream. And I said, moreover, haply, what thou hast heard, O soul, was not the sound of winds, nor dream of raging storm, nor seahawks flapping wings, nor harsh scream, nor vocalism of sun-bright Italy, nor German organ majestic, nor vast concourse of voices, nor layers of harmonies, nor strophes of husbands and wives, nor sound of marching soldiers, nor flutes, nor harps, nor the bugle calls of camps, but to a new rhythmus fitted for thee, poems bridging the way from life to death vaguely wafted in night air, uncaught, unwritten, which let us go forth in the bold day and right. End of Book 25